millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Just a quick note before we get into this week's podcast that the realization that after the podcast was recorded and produced that there was a lightning fatality late this week after we had recorded the interview with Chris Vigaski in the Los Angeles area with a woman walking her dogs late Wednesday night or Wednesday evening. And we uh, certainly are put our hearts out to the family and friends of her and Certainly, the importance of lightning safety is even more important than ever. First lightning fatality of the year, the numbers are down. But as you'll hear from Chris Vigaski and certainly the scenario that we saw unfold late Wednesday in the Los Angeles area, you can certainly never be ready enough for lightning. And that's what this podcast episode is dedicated to. Thanks for listening to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world, bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome into episode four of our summer series as we get ready for the first official weekend of summer. And what a turnaround for places, especially the Northeast Great Lakes, up and down the eastern seaboard. Great beach weather on this uh, summer arrival weekend here as we had the solstice just a couple of days ago. Lots of thunderstorms in the middle of the country as a change in air mass goes through the Great Lakes this weekend. And we're going to see a lot of heat building again out west. Carl Erickson will join me at the end of the podcast with our weather for the upcoming weekend and Week Beyond segment. But up first, as we traditionally do here at the end of June, let's talk about National Lightning Safety Awareness Week. Friends, sit back and relax. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. As this podcast drops, we are finishing up National Lightning Safety Awareness Week for 2022. It ran from June 19th through Saturday, June 25th. International Lightning Safety Day is coming up as we go into uh, the early part of next week, June 28th. Look, friends, uh, what is good about this scenario is that the number of lightning fatalities has dropped here over the last few years. And a lot of that is due to the work of the National Lightning Safety Council, which was established to promote lightning safety education and awareness. That council recognizes the National Lightning Safety Awareness Week as a unique opportunity to provide the public with safety information about lightning. They also encourage everybody to visit NOAA's Comprehensive Lightning Safety Information and website. We'll put a link to that here in our podcast notes. Uh, One of uh, the pleasures of this podcast over the last uh, three summers now has been to be talking about folks from the National Lightning Safety Council, and we're really pleased to be 
welcoming in one of its members who we've talked to numerous times on this podcast. Chris Vagaski works for Visola, which is a amazing company that has built one of the nation's leading lightning detection networks. We'll talk about that a little bit here in the interview. But Chris was also with us, you may remember, a couple of months ago talking about his study where some danger with Major League Baseball not necessarily curbing the play of their baseball games when lightning was near some stadiums. So I want to get his reaction to that. This encouraging news that we continue to see a reduction in the amount of deaths due to lightning, but also the problems that lightning can occur. And while nowhere outside is safe, but what you can do to mitigate the dangers and problems, Chris Vigaski from the National Lightning Safety Council joins us here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Chris, it's great to have you back here on the show as uh, we get ready to finish up the commemoration of National Lightning Safety Week here. As uh, we look at it, uh, the National Lightning Safety Council has made it a mission to really get folks educated and thought process going when there's lightning in the air to, you know, when you hear thunder, roar, head indoors, that kind of catchphrase. And my goodness, my friend, it's really been doing good work because if you look at the numbers and the statistics, we are all happy that the number of lightning deaths continues to come down year to year. And we saw that trend continuing this past year. Um, And so that's good news. But, you know, we can never be vigilant enough. Right, Chris, in this scenario, because, uh, it is a, a very electric atmosphere, and we see a lot of thunderstorms, and I think more thunderstorms in more places across the lower 48 than maybe we used to see now with the changing climate. So this is work that I know that you folks take very seriously at the National Lightning Safety Council. I know you're proud of it, but you can't let up. It's got to keep going, right? It, absolutely. I mean, this is the, the 22nd Lightning Safety Awareness Week. Uh, back when we first started back in the early 2000s, we were seeing 55 people a year struck and killed by lightning every year. In the last uh, 10 years, that average is down to about 23. And then even in just the last three years, we're down below 20. In 2021, we saw a record low number of lightning fatalities in the U.S. with 11. And 2022 is off to a great start. We haven't had a single lightning fatality yet this year, which is a record to start the year. Uh, Yeah, this long into the season, not having a death attributable directly to lightning. Yeah, never happened in in the recent history, right? That's correct. Usually one to two by this time of the year. So to get almost halfway through the year now so far without a lightning fatality is great news. And we just continue to keep doing that work keep reminding people of what to do when thunderstorms are in the area so that we can really keep people safe. Certainly. And we've talked about this on, on this podcast in years past technology's really been helping us out too, because now most of uh, your weather apps, whether it's uh, free or even a premium subscription can give you those uh, advanced notices that, Hey, a lightning strike happened uh, within 25 miles of you. Now you better start paying attention. And so this idea that it, you know, maybe getting caught off guard uh, isn't, uh, isn't as much of a situation as it used to be. Um, It's also, you know, sometimes I think, you know, you have that technology in front of you. I just came back from Puerto Rico and, 
you know, we went to the beach and really nasty thunderstorm blew up. Now in Puerto Rico, that happens. It's nasty for a half an hour, 45 minutes, and then it moves by and you have a great beach afternoon. But uh, I had to get some folks listening to me and say, I don't want to be here on this beach with this uh, situation. I want to want to be the meteorologist that gets hit by lightning in that situation. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I could see it on my you know radar situation right there in the palm of my hand. It could show other people and say, look, this is this is serious and we need to take need to take action. So thankfully, technology is really helping us up in, in this regard, I think, Chris. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. You know, we have lightning detection capabilities around the globe now, and we're detecting two to three billion, billion with a B lightning events around the world every year. But it's still something that people need to pay attention to. If you're focused on the yard work that you're doing, or you're focused on having a great day catching fish out on the water, you're maybe not necessarily paying attention to the fact that there's a storm cloud building just a few miles away. So, you know, if we can get people to really keep that in mind is pay attention anytime you're outside. And then secondly, have that resource on your phone that will send you a notification when lightning is starting to get close. We can really start to eliminate some of those times when people are caught off guard. When we're looking at the numbers, um, as uh, we look at what people are doing when they get struck, and these go back to numbers from uh, 2006 to uh, last year, 2021, the biggest activity uh, is fishing. 40 of the 254 deaths during that period from lightning were done uh, done while people were fishing. (laughs) The beach, what I just mentioned, is number two. And then camping is number three. And farming's just right under there and ranching. So, you know, obviously things that uh, this time of year people are doing at at a pretty good clip, all of those activities, um, you know, especially when you're near the water. Water is such a great conductor of electricity and not necessarily a situation that, is good when we're talking about the lightning aspect of this. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is very important. I think, as you said, when you're so caught up, you may have experienced your first lightning strike close to you without hearing any lightning, especially if there's other ambient noise going around, a loud pool situation where people are at the beach, where people are, and and it just sneaks up on you. So don't always uh, rely on your senses because it may be too late if you do. Yeah, exactly. Like like you said, if you're focused on the activity at hand, you're not necessarily listening for the thunder or looking for that that lightning. So it's something that we need to continue to you know impress upon people is that you know pay attention to everything that's going on around you, but also make sure you do you know plan in advance. Know if there are thunderstorms in the forecast. If there are thunderstorms in the forecast, have that you know weather radio with you. Have an app that can alert you to thunderstorms in the area so that when lightning does start to occur, it's not going to necessarily catch you completely off guard. And then the other thing that I think that catches people, um, you know, this, uh, we always call it a bolt from blue. In other words, the storm passes you and you, uh, the way you're oriented, maybe looking where uh, the storm's actually behind you now, and you're looking at uh, in the front of you, beautiful blue sky. But that storm that's behind you can still produce electricity. And I had one the other day from a thunderstorm near our house where, I mean, I it, it looked beautiful and blue. And the next thing I know, 
I just happened to catch it out of the corner of my eye right uh, within a half a mile of my house, uh, cloud to ground. And I was like, where did that, you know, I, I knew where it came from because I was watching the thunderstorm, but it just, it just is, you cannot rush it out there. I think a lot of people want to do that uh, too many times in these situations. Yeah. Everybody wants to get back to the activity at hand. So, you know, when the storm is moving in, things are dry, you're still outside, that's a risk because the lightning can strike 10 to 15 miles away from the core of the storm. So that's one version of the bolt from the blue before the storm has even gotten to you. When it's pouring down rain, when there's the wind and the hail, most people are inside and you lower that risk of a lightning incident because people are inside away from the storm because they don't want to get wet. But then the storm moves on, the rain goes away, everybody's ready to get back out, but you have to again remember 10 to 15 miles away is about the distance that lightning tends to strike at its maximum. So you know, even if the storm has passed and it's been 10, 15 minutes, there's still that risk of lightning, which is why generally after about 20 to 30 minutes, you're pretty okay to get back out to those outdoor activities unless another storm starts moving in. Chris works for a company that we work with here at AccuWeather, Visala, um, which is, uh, you know, really has the nation's best national lightning uh, detection network. Um, uh, we, uh, and, and everything under the sun, we had been reaching out. Uh, great stories. I've seen more and more municipalities this year. Um, down the Jersey Shore, a lot of the, uh, the the folks that are in charge of your safety, uh, the folks that are running the uh, beach patrols and 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 the lifeguards, they seem to be getting more connected, more uh, smaller lightning networks in a small space, and then your company kind of makes sure that everyone across the country can keep track of that. So that's good and encouraging too that the people who really should have that information at their fingertips. The people that are entrusted with keeping us safe on a daily basis, especially when we're doing some of these activities, uh, are really tuned into it. I know we did a, a segment with you just a couple of months ago and talking about Major League Baseball and the concerns that you know Major League Baseball was playing too long in terms of uh, having some lightning in the area and they weren't taking account for that. Uh, did you see any response to that paper that you put out, Chris, a couple of months ago? Have you gotten some some more increased information and people coming to you from not only Major League Baseball, but other major outdoor events to to talk to you guys about how you can plan better and how they can plan better for people? Yeah, I, I think that we're starting to see a lot more interest from outdoor venues and outdoor events into lightning detection and lightning protection. Um, you know, it's seen as a hazard uh, more and more. And it's something that, you know, the Event Safety Alliance and others are working on to really make sure that people are aware of the risk of lightning to very large outdoor events. And it's great to see, you know, small municipalities to, to big venues really taking the threat seriously. It's just a matter of, getting everybody on board with that and making sure that they're using the right tools that are available uh, to make sure that they're keeping people safe. As a meteorologist who lives in the western part of the country, Chris, you're extremely familiar with this. I want to talk about this a little bit, too. We are uh, growingly concerned 
about the dry lightning problem that's occurring out west here as we head into the weekend. Our chief meteorologist, Jonathan Porter, says that uh, our AccuWeather meteorologists are increasingly concerned about the risk for dry thunderstorms, parts of California, as we go with a, a surge late uh, in this week that we're recording this. Um, and this is going to be, I think, a common problem as we go through the summer. We're seeing places, lightning in places in California that don't normally get it, thunderstorms there, and not all of them are producing rain. And in this dry environment, I mean, this is a, a recipe for disaster in places that are just a tinderbox with Mother Nature providing the spark with these lightning strikes. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I've already seen uh, photos and videos of uh, fires that have been sparked by lightning in California already uh, this week. Now, when you're looking at, especially across the Western United States here, where we've been in this very long-term drought, and you know I've had maybe six or seven inches of rain in the last year where I am, so wow. not much moisture at all. You know, any lightning on very dry vegetation is going to run the risk of causing a spark and starting a fire. There are other you know, types of lightning that are out there that we're monitoring for. I mean, we detect with very good accuracy that have increased potential for starting fires. Uh, so it's multiple cloud of ground strokes that are coming down the same channel and hitting the same point on the ground. You're just putting repeated amounts of heat and electricity to that same point, making it even more likely that, that fires could start. And then there's what we call continuing current lightning, which when you look outside and you see lightning, it flickers. And that's because most lightning lasts for just microseconds. So just a very, very short period of time. But there's this other lightning, continuing current lightning that we you know, provide a probability of. Um, and continuing current lightning lasts for 40, 50, 100 milliseconds. So it's wow. hundreds of times longer than traditional lightning. And it's just transferring so much heat and electricity. It's really easy in very dry conditions like this to initiate fires because of that. Is that the uh, when you would see that and then hear it, it's the ones that sound like uh, those rumbles last for 20 seconds, right? It's that kind of, uh, you know, and and you think your mind doesn't get that difference between a millisecond and 20 to 30 milliseconds. I think it does, because the 20 to 30 milliseconds feels like 20, 30 seconds sometimes. So you see that that lightning strike. Um, are you guys able to with better accuracy now you know you're able to detect it are you are we getting better at um, knowing and identifying the kinds of thunderstorms and kind of setups where we see those um, more dangerous kinds of lightning situations especially in these dry conditions yeah i mean we're detecting that, that very very well um you know, it can occur in any type of thunderstorm and any type of condition. Every storm will probably have one or two of these continuing current events, uh, as long as there's multiple cloud to ground lightning flashes. But you know, when we're looking at the, the data, positive cloud to ground strokes are very likely to contain this continuing current. And then the weaker negative cloud to ground strokes um, have the continuing current as well. So with the National Lightning Detection Network, we're detecting not just the lightning, but we're also able to tell 
Is it strong? Is it weak? Is it positive? Is it negative? And we can use that information to give a probability of continuing current that is able uh, or is available for wildland management, fire protection districts, and other groups to really pinpoint and narrow their focus on where are the areas that we need to inspect after a thunderstorm so that we can maybe mitigate some of the fire damage. I think, uh, Chris, in my uh, experience as a person, as a meteorologist, as somebody, um, one thing that I've tried to impart to people, and I think this has been the mission of the National Lightning Safety Council and, and and the success speaks for itself, but just create that respect, you know, just as we are being urged more and more to respect everybody else despite our differences that are out there, we need to respect lightning as a situation where um, it's not something that we can predict to the moment that it's going to happen. It's extremely dangerous, extremely deadly. And the earlier you can teach that respect, I think, to your kids and to younger folks, even with all the technology that we have. And then I think sometimes when we get all this technology, we start to get lazy with it a little bit, expecting it to tell us exactly when it's going to happen. And it just can't do that right now. So that respect factor has to be up there. And I know, and, you know, it's hard for me because I love thunderstorms. That's one of the things that got me into meteorology camping out on the porch, watching that roll in from the north and west, having my mom yell at me, get in, get in, get in. Um, I've learned a healthy enough respect. I even got my cats away from the window the other day because I thought they were too close as we were having a pretty vicious lightning event. But teaching that respect to your kids, to the those around you, um, you, you know, we go through the day, we may have more information about something than other people. If you see somebody doing something that, you know, they may be at risk because of the impending possibility of lightning, don't be afraid to share that information, right? Just make sure everybody's respecting the situation. Exactly. You know, lightning cannot be predicted when or where it's going to strike. So you need to always be aware of when thunderstorms are in the area. And if you do see situation that isn't necessarily very safe. I ran into this a couple of years ago. I went to help out at a a school function and there were thunderstorms nearby. We had lightning within a couple of miles and the students were still out on the playground. And we went and we talked to the uh, administration at that school and we said, look, the lightning is just a couple of miles away. We don't want anybody getting hurt. We need to get everybody inside now. And, you know, they, they took that to heart. They brought everybody in. But, you know, when you see something that isn't very safe, you know, make that correction. Start working with the people to get them to understand you know, just because you didn't get struck by lightning today, just because lightning didn't strike nearby today doesn't mean the next storm that's not going to happen. If you'd like to follow Chris on Twitter, his uh, personal Twitter is C.O. Weatherman for Colorado. C.O. Weatherman. Vaisala Group is his company, V-A-I-S-A-L-A Group, uh, that uh, Twitter handle, and the National Lightning Safety Council has a Twitter handle, too, LTG Safe Council for their Twitter. We'll get those links there and also some uh, links to their website uh, that you can get all that great information. Thanks to Chris for joining us. When we come back, we'll talk about who could see some thunderstorms this weekend and our weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond segment. It's up next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. 
Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm your host, meteorologist Dean DeVore, out here on the floor here at AccuWeather.com World Headquarters in State College, talking with one of our meteorologists, Carl Erickson, who we affectionately call Bear Claw here in the office. Uh, Carl, uh, good to have you with us as we take a look at the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. What a turnaround in the Northeast. Everything that last weekend in the Northeast was, this weekend won't be. It'll be hot. It'll be increasingly humid as uh, temperatures really heat up after almost feeling like fall last week. The official official first weekend of, of summer is going to fit the bill. Very warm and steamy. And then uh, we got to watch some unsettled weather in the middle of the country with some showers and thunderstorms. And all that monsoonal moisture keeps coming up through into the Four Corners area. So some interesting weather coming up this weekend. But f- first, let's start in the Northeast. It was not a beach weekend last weekend, but everywhere from New England all the way down even into the Carolina beaches are going to be prime for being... Uh, a place you want to cool off from the hot and steamy stuff this weekend. That's right, and thank you very much for that nice intro, uh, Dean, with my nickname and everything <laughs> in there, but <laughs> that's right, a big change uh, this weekend from last weekend. It will be rather warm to maybe hot, but uh, nothing all that intense as far as heat goes. The humidity also rather moderate, so actually, actually some typical summer-like weather here this weekend, so a good weekend to hit the pools, water parks, beaches. Um, looks pretty quiet as far as the weather goes, too, up and down the eastern seaboard until you get down toward Florida and parts of the southeast. Yeah, they're going to have some maybe some showers and thunderstorms. I know, uh, you know, folks both in Tampa and Denver having some watch parties here on this Friday night as this temperature drops for the Stanley Cup situation. Both those places may have some issues with that here on uh, Friday evening. Uh, but the middle of the country, there's going to be a frontal boundary that slices in here as we get into Sunday, cutting down some of the heat. So places like Chicago on Friday, low 90s, still near 90, uh, same as uh, Detroit. And, um, you know, St. Louis has had a little reduction in the intense heat and humidity, but it builds for Saturday before they get into some thunderstorms as we get later on in the weekend. So, um, you know, this variability, and we've been talking about this with our long-range team, Great Lakes into the northeast where you get these little surges of heat and then you get these little cooler, comfortable uh, drop-ins, and that's going to continue here for the next couple of weeks. It looks like that pattern continues to be kind of undulating in terms of the temperatures and the humidity and stuff. That's right, and that same front that you just mentioned, Dean, heads into the east here uh, later in the weekend into early next week, so you might notice an uptick in the humidity in parts of the northeast, mid-Atlantic, going into Sunday, but especially you'll notice that on Sunday as that front moves on in, an increased chance for showers and storms uh, basically up and down the I-95 corridor heading into Monday. So that monsoonal moisture has been something we've been watching in the last couple of weeks, varying amounts. And it, again, it's coming right into the four corners and up to places like Denver. And then you go west of that, and it is really uh, heating back up again in places that have been dealing with a lot of it and problems with the heat and the dryness. And that's all the way from California up through the Pacific Northwest. So, uh, you know, this is, you know, we had some amazing heat last year in the Pacific Northwest, forcing some people to think about air conditioning because that's not something that's really common. And, you know, when you get over to places like Seattle and the and the Oregon coast. But here's another round of uh, intense heat for those areas that don't normally see it this time of year, at least to this regard. 
Right, and that builds up here this weekend and early next week. We talked about that cool front heading east. It's all balancing out with the atmosphere. you got the jet stream dipping further south in the east and midwest, so it's basically rising there in the west, uh, allowing that uh, dome of heat to build up here this weekend into early next week. So a lot of opportunities for you to weatherproof your light by keeping up to date on the AccuWeather forecast, timing of the thunderstorms, middle of the country, down into the uh, southeast, the, the thunderstorms and the problems. And, you know, we, we've had some problems with dry lightning out west, too, and some of these uh, with this monsoonal moisture. And that may be another issue that we have to keep an eye on the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, Texas, hot and humid, that's normal this time of year. But uh, that heat is going to re-expand a little bit after this little dip down. So we get in the middle part of next week and we're going to start to see that heat come back. Um, we talked about lightning safety at the front of the, the podcast here with Chris Vygaski. I know um, it's thunderstorm something that got you into meteorology. I know it did to me. It was, uh, you know, I could be found out on the front porch watching the thunderstorms roll in with my mom yelling at me to get inside, right? Uh, is Were you more of a thunderstorm guy to get you into meteorology or the winter stuff or everything in between? No, it was definitely thunderstorms and flooding. I remember at a very young age, like most of us here, that's when I got interested. It was what the 80s when we had the VHS video recorders. I'd be out on the porch in the middle of the night videotaping lightning strikes. So I did the same thing. So <laughs> We're all a, a little crazy when it comes to that. Carl, thanks so much for your uh, insight here on the weekend and the week beyond. All right. Thank you, Dean. Have a great weekend. That's a wrap on episode four of our summer series. As we get ready to turn the calendar into July, I'm getting ready next week to be heading, as I always do, to New York City and helping our great radio partners here at AccuWeather, 1010 Winds in New York City, as the official radio and media sponsor of our amazing Macy's fireworks display that uh, is just uh, something that I've been able to experience now for 13 years. We're going to talk with the folks at Macy's about what they have planned, whether you're going to be there in New York City on the July fourth holiday or watch it on the NBC telecast, which is broadcast all over the country on July 4th. Uh, Great uh, things to talk about with the Macy's fireworks and those folks. And we'll also be talking as we go through the summer on things that interest you, where the weather meets your life, gardening, astronomy, and all those things to help you weatherproof your life this summer. Keep um, handy that AccuWeather app with our new premium plus alerts. And also our uh, information minicast is a great way to keep track of how you might be impacted acted in the next three to four hours by impending storms or precipitation on any given day. That's something that you can get into on our AccuWeather app and our AccuWeather.com site. For all of our hundreds of team members across AccuWeather, across the world, that work so hard to weatherproof your life every day. And for our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, thanks again to Chris Vygaski and Carl Erickson. I'm Dean DeVore. Have a safe week, and I'll talk to you next week. For Episode 5 of our Summer Series of 2022, this is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.